Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. Today, I'm joined by my friend, Dr. Peter Haberl. He is a senior sports psychologist for the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee. He's one of the leading authorities on mindfulness and mental performance, but he's also a friend and someone I hold in really high regard. In this episode, Dr. Haberl explains how to use mindfulness to train present moment awareness. He also details practical tools anyone can use to train awareness, and we discuss emerging research on how mindfulness practice protects one's ability to maintain focus and attention during stressful situations. This is a thought-provoking episode that I know you will find useful. So now, it's time to lean in and learn from the best. Peter, in our last conversation, we discussed psychological flexibility. And without putting words in your mouth, one of the things that we need to be able to do to be more psychologically flexible is to be, be aware of our emotions and how we're feeling in the moment. What role does mindfulness play in this? Mindfulness, for me, is key here, right? Mindfulness, there are different definitions out there, but one definition, one definition is, is the awareness of present moment experience. Like, can I be aware of what's actually going on right now, right? So, so mindfulness is, is about training that awareness. And, and, and a, a helpful metaphor for that awareness is, is picture a clear blue, expansive, wide sky. And then picture some, some dark, stormy clouds. So the dark, stormy clouds, they're kind of like thoughts and feelings. Thoughts and feelings always come and go, right? The clear blue sky of awareness can hold all kinds of clouds. And the clear blue sky isn't impacted by the clouds, no matter how dark they are, no matter how gloomy they are, right? So, so picture the blizzard. When you're in the blizzard, it doesn't look like there's a clear blue sky there. But above that blizzard is indeed a clear blue sky that again holds that blizzard uh, and isn't affected by the blizzard. So with mindfulness, we practice stepping into that clear blue sky perspective. We practice stepping into awareness, right? We can notice then and observe that weather of the mind, so to speak. And if I can do that, then I can choose how I respond to that weather. Wow, that was a beautiful picture. How do you practice mindfulness? The, the awareness practice I mentioned is one way to practice, right? So, so that can be as simple as posing the question to yourself, what is the weather of the mind right now? It's a very short practice, right? What's the weather of the mind right now? What's actually present in this moment? What thoughts are present? What feelings are present? That can be super short. Then I can extend that, of course. So, so then I can move into formal practice. And, and this would then be just, just, just noting what arises in the mind. So I can just sit here and turn my attention inward and note thinking feeling hearing sensing tasting planning thoughts this would be a noting practice right that's, that's sort of one end of the practices what's, what's referred to as as open monitoring practice 
On the other end of the spectrum, we have the focused attention practice, right? So what I choose to put my attention on a particular object. Traditionally, the breath is used for that, right? So I bring my attention to my breathing, notice my breath, notice the rising and falling of the belly. I can use other objects too. I can use my thoughts for that. I can use hearing for that. I can use movement for that, just mindful walking. I can also use everyday activities for that. For example, this morning before coming to work, I take a shower, right? So when I'm in the shower, my mind tends to travel to work and think about work. So I'm not actually in the shower. So I can use showering as a mindfulness practice. Can I notice when my mind leaves that present moment and can I bring it back to the sensation of, of a showering. Can I notice the water on my back, the soap in my hand, the steam in the shower and so forth, right? Can I come back to that present moment experience, knowing full well, my mind hmm. will again travel to the future and then I bring it back. So this bringing back is a key aspect of mindfulness practice. If you're someone that's pushing to be your best at work, at home or in your personal life, then I invite you to sign up for my weekly newsletter adaptation. In this newsletter, I curate actionable information and research for high performers just like you. You can sign up now by clicking the link in the show notes or going to www.ericcorum.com. Now, back to the show. Is it bad that our minds travel to the future? Uh, no, it's not bad. Uh, it's actually quite helpful because again, that's the mind's way of preparing for what is to come. So this is a very useful function. Um, and I can sort of actively tap into that. I let my mind wander, right? But then again, depending on what task I'm engaged in, it's not helpful if I'm not aware of that. So a good example is, 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 is driving, right? When we drive, very often our mind wanders because we can drive automatically. Uh, but then we might we might come to an intersection, to a stop sign, or we're driving in a neighborhood and there's a ball coming across the street, a soccer ball, for example. And now I know a kid might follow this soccer ball, right? So in that moment, my attention needs to be external, seeing that ball and taking charge of the vehicle and not be lost in my thoughts, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. So the mind generally can quickly do that, where I want to be able to shift from that internal uh, lost in thought type stuff to being focused externally and responding appropriately. People are probably going to ask you or ask you all the time, okay, how can I practice this? What are some of your favorite tools to to offer them? Well, first of all, start really small. Um, Because one thing that happens when when people start mindfulness practices is, you know, uh, let's let's do 20 minutes, right? Right. That's, That's great. It's awesome. But sometimes we can't find 20 minutes. Uh, again, this is where I like like this little practice of the weather check. What's the weather of the mind? But, you know, you just had a, a sip of, of, of coffee, I assume, right? Yeah. Can you choose to, to focus on the taste of the coffee in your mouth? Super simple practice, right? Can I taste the coffee in my mouth? Or let's say, let's say you have a very tasty dessert. Can you actually taste that dessert and be fully present with it? And then notice the urge to check your cell phone. Oh, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> to, to check your Twitter feed, right? 
And then with that, you know, with an awareness of the urge, can you bring it back, right? So start really small, start really small, and then build up. There's some really fascinating research from Amishi Jha, um, an attention researcher, a neuroscientist. And her research has shown that if you practice mindfulness for about 10 to 12 minutes or five times a week, you protect your ability to, to remain focused in stressful moments. Uh, so she refers to these as, 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 as high stress intervals, right? So she looked at what happens to attention during high stress intervals. And this is really, again, relevant for my work at the Olympic Games, because the Olympic Games, particularly with team sports, so if you, if you have competitions over 16 days, that is a high stress interval, right? So her research has shown that attention tends to degrade under high stress intervals. And then she looked at, okay, so what, what helps to prevent that degradation of attention? Is it relaxation training? Is it, is it positivity? Is it, is it you know, some computer game that supposedly trains your attention? Uh, and she found all those things don't work. The only thing that actually works is, is mindfulness training. So if you train mindfulness, then you're able to prevent that degradation of attention over this high stress interval. It's obviously really relevant again for me, you know, in my work with Olympic athletes, is because you want to be able to focus not just on day one of the Olympic Games, but also on day 16 when the final comes goes around, right? So we want to train and protect uh, our ability to maintain our attention. So again, start with very small and then build up, uh, and ideally again, 10 to 12 minutes every day. Already, we see a measurable effect. On, on our ability then to stay focused under stress. This is wonderful. Thank you so much, Peter. I really appreciate your time today. Thanks for having me, Eric. If you found today's episode with Dr. Haberl insightful and impactful for you, would you please consider sharing this with a friend? Also, if you want to support the show, please leave us a review and a comment in the Apple Podcast app. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.